1 Corinthians 13 1-13, Luke 4 21-30. Preached live to the congregation of St. Ninian's Uniting Church, Linium, Australian Capital Territory, Canberra. Opening Prayer. May the words which we hear and read, and upon which we mediate, speak to our hearts, our minds, and our souls. May God the Holy Spirit be with us here at this time and in this place. Amen. Reading the Bible. One of the joys and honors of being a minister who primarily works in the community is that people will come with what is to them very pertinent requests. One such request is how to start reading the Bible. I will always encourage, facilitate, and assist anyone who seeks such an undertaking. I give such a seeker one germane piece of advice. If you set out on this journey, be prepared to be challenged, stretched and grown. I'm sure that many of you who are hearing or reading this reflection will intimately know of what I advise the seeker. I would put the view that one of the key drives of the Bible is that very purpose. Many of you will be familiar with some sort of Bible reading plan may be following such a plan for your daily reading and prayer discipline. In many of our Western liturgically traditional churches we have also a plan, it is called the Revised Common Lectionary 1, or RCL for short. The RCL operates on a three-year cycle based around the three synoptic Gospels according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We include John's Gospel on certain Sundays as a balance where such may be appropriate. The RCL give the preacher a psalm, a reading from the Hebrew Scriptures, a reading from an epistle and the Gospel. The compliers of the RCL worked hard to ensure that the readings are all synchronized thus giving the preacher the challenge to build a fitting and relevant message to their respective congregation. When I was a lay preacher and later a new student for ministry, I resisted the idea of the RCL. My then immature and arrogant nature scoffed at the idea of why should I, follow another's preaching plan? I soon learned that the RCL takes one deeper into the scriptures and challenges, stretches and grows one all the while preventing one from avoiding the less palatable parts of scripture or getting stuck on one's favorite topic. Today's epistle and gospel readings present a certain challenge for us. At the risk oversimplifying, the Luke reading commences at the end of an exciting and familiar narrative. Taking us to the dilemma of Jesus being praised to in an instant being lambasted by his hometown crowd, the synagogue congregation in Nazareth, Galilee, to St. Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth describing love. The 1 Corinthians, chapter 13 passage being a favorite at weddings. To the new reader or preacher, these present a quandary, however, I believe that God the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the scriptures. The seasoned preacher will walk all week with the set passages, through prayer, meditation, reflection, and rereading, and rereading, and rereading. We'll see how the Spirit works so wonderfully to challenge, stretch, and grow us in our lives of faith through those readings. The Quandary in Nazareth If we were to stray from the set St. Luke reading, back to verse 14, we are told that Jesus was in the power of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus had become a teacher-slash-preacher of some reputation. 2. We read that Jesus goes to Nazareth where he had been brought up. 3. We are told by St. Luke that it was the Sabbath and that Jesus goes to the synagogue as was his custom. Jesus stands up to read from the scriptures, like us with our RCL, the Hebrews would have followed a determined scripture reading program. On this day Jesus is handed the scroll of prophet Isaiah 4, from which he reads those familiar prophetic words. Jesus hands the scroll back to the attendant and sits down, for it was the custom for the rabbi to be seated when he taught. Now St. Luke gives us the hint that there may have been a brief tense hiatus as a gathered congregation awaited Jesus to speak. Then Jesus commences by telling the congregation that this day, this prophecy has been fulfilled in their hearing 5. 
In the next verse, v. 22, the evangelist Luke tells us that the gathered were all amazed at the gracious words spoken by Jesus. This is our local boy, is not he the son of Joseph? So far so good. Nevertheless, Jesus continues to speak, the next part of the lesson are words that now challenge the congregation. Jesus is not teaching some jingoistic Hebrew teaching. The teaching is open to all nations and impacting personally on all. This is too challenging for that congregation. By verse 28 Luke tell us that all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. 6. Things get ugly, the crowd roll into violence seeking kill Jesus by pushing him off the edge of a cliff. What on earth happened in that congregation that fine day in Nazareth? Why have the lectors dissected that passage from Luke for us today? Is it because one of the challenges of the scriptures is that they act as a mirror, in which we see ourselves? A deeper reflection of the congregation on that fateful day could show that the people there are a sample of all peoples. We may be perfectly at ease and supportive listening to words within our comfort zones, but when those words start to reach into ourselves and the challenge starts, we do not wish for such. The words of Jesus that day and throughout his earthly ministry call for challenge and change starting with ourselves. Now hold that thought as we step into our second passage for today. The Corinthian Love Chapter Forget that this passage is a favorite at weddings, due to the use of the translated word love in the English text. 7. The text commences with words spoken and to test of the presence of love. True self-denying love. The astute biblical reader will note that what the Apostle Paul wrote about was the application of that perfect love to the person and the result being the fruit of the Spirit which I will let you read for yourself in Paul's letter to the Galatians chapter 5, verses 22,23-8. This chapter in the Pauline letter is about transformation through Christ. The Apostle uses simple and timeless illustrations of the love that are required to transform the challenged person to be the Christ-like person. Love, and I mean agape love is the key ingredient to starting in the individual and flowing onto the community. Without love we are a baying crush, competing with one another with no regard for anyone but ourselves. Love transforms people and communities to serve and care for one another, growing into Christ-likeness thus allowing us to stand firm when challenges come our way. For we stand not alone but with each other, as God's people in a foretaste of eternity. A concluding lesson. The lectors got this one right. In the two passages for today, they have shown us the before and after of people who become followers of Christ. We need to allow ourselves to be challenged by the scriptures all the while applying Christ's love to grow the fruit of the Spirit in our lives both severally and jointly. Copyright CMV 2022 All Bible references are from the New International Version Copyright 2018 Zondervan. Dash. 1. For more information on the history and use of the RCLC, https colon slash slash lectionary dot library dot vanderbilt dot edu slash fact two dot php two luke four fifteen three ibid v sixteen four isaiah sixty one one comma two five luke four twenty one six ibid four twenty eight seven the greek text uses the word agape here which is a self-denying perfect love rather than a romantic slash sexual eros or friendship, philios, love. The original Koine Greek in which the New Testament is originally written, has a greater vocabulary in describing love. 8. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law.